All right, welcome back to the big program, 801 in the Capital Region. Uh, man, lots of comments uh, from you, our listeners. Thanks for interacting with us on our text line, one 833 Um Who would you say are some of the top Edmonton-born and raised athletes? Uh, man, we've had some great ones. Of course, the, some obvious ones like our co-host on Tuesday's Grand Fuhrer, Mark Messier, Johnny Busick was a good one. A couple other ones uh, coming in, uh, Jerome McGinley. That comes from Brian from Mill Woods. Trailer Park Ryan says uh, Jennifer Heil. That's another, another great one. Uh, we had uh, Bob McDermott, the double amputee golfer. And maybe, just maybe, we've got one more coming up here as we uh, check in with Mark Spector for On The Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day as we bring in Mark Spector. Probably on this list is uh, the former St. Albert Cardinal pitcher turned broadcaster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people calling in right now, texting in and saying, Mark Spector, yes. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Like I always told you, they called me home run spec, but the problem was I was a pitcher, buddy. <laughs> but I mean, I think you heard a few of them. It's, it's kind of an interesting topic. Um, there's so many great athletes that, uh, you know, were, um, you know, from our area. And it's neat to kind of see the success that they've had. Oh, listen, and like, I guess you got to go way back to the Edmonton grads and things like that, yeah. right? Oh. The world was a smaller place back when the Edmonton Mercuries were winning medals, and mm-hmm. a bunch of those guys were all Edmontonians, and, you know, I mean, we think, of course, like, we, you know, I, I guess, how do you differentiate between, you know, Joe McGinley and, and Mark Messier, who are... You know, almost yeah. car- to me, they were carbon copies of each other. Ginla was just the next Messier. Mm-hmm. Didn't play for as good a team. You know, didn't win the cups. But oh my gosh, he did everything Ness did. Or Jan Heil, who just dominated at uh, moguls on the Olympic stage. Right, I was lucky enough to be at the bottom of the hill in Turin when she uh, won her gold medal that night. So, you know, it's it's like trying to compare eras in a sport or something how do you compare a mogul skier to a hockey player or a football player don't ask me pal i'm not sure how you do it <laughs> fair enough i i really like the one that came in early uh it was johnny Busick. played for the edmonton flyers uh back in the 50s was a great great player and then you know went up to uh detroit and then went to boston for you know he played over 1500 games but i mean and and yeah. i'm sure he, you have you when you've gone to boston you know he, he's moseying around the press box still and he always loved when edmonton came to town for sure yeah i've had the pleasure uh, of meeting johnny briefly i wouldn't say that you know we're old buddies but uh listen those are the old edmonton guys and back in johnny's day the world was a smaller place like it wasn't easy to get from edmonton to boston you know uh, maybe I'm not saying it's easy now, but at least there's a proper draft in place and all that. I mean, he would have been back mm-hmm. in the old system where if you played for the Estevan Bruins, Boston owned you, right? Things like that. So, uh, sure. I mean, Johnny was unbelievable. Glenn Hall was born in Saskatchewan, yeah, right? Yeah, Humboldt. Humboldt. He was a Humboldt guy, even mm-hmm. though he spent lots of time in Spruce. So, Stony. Stony. Yeah. Stony, I should say. Yeah. yeah. So, Anyway, lots of great athletes. It's pretty good sports town, pal. You were very blessed, aren't we? For sure. Yeah. I mean, especially when you look at the 
you know, everything, uh, every sport. And, and what brought this on was Chuba Hubbard. And, I mean, you know, I, and I brought this up with Terry Jones five, six years ago. And I said, you know, when you put him in the, in the, right. in the conversation, because, yeah, we're all hockey-based and hockey-heavy here, but what Chuba Hubbard has done, no one's done. Right. So that's where I said he kind of vaults up the list for me, you know. Okay, well, do we get do we get to claim Alfonso Davies? Well, I said born and raised, so I mean it's a I mean, fine line. Yeah, it's a fine line. Oh, Alfonso fine. Davies is at the top of the list if you want. You know, oh come on, are you kidding? Sure he is. Like, yeah, right. He's who who reaches the heights in international soccer yeah. that this guy's reached already at a young age. I mean, he was born in transit, mm-hmm. right? He was born in transit in an internment camp on his way to Edmonton, so. Uh, I would tell you that he's yeah. an Edmonton Montreal boy first. And, yeah, went to Eastern yeah. Canada first and then came out here. But yeah, for sure. I mean, his family's here and everything like that. So yeah. we're splitting yeah, we're sure. splitting hairs here. Another I one just, both. here's another one we saw her yesterday, Shannon Zabados. There you go. How about Shannon Zabados? She's pretty good too. That's Brian from Mill Woods. Um, all right, Spec. So we've got the big tournament today. You know what? Remember this, uh, the, um, the Barry Cates Memorial for the media, for the Oilers, is uh, today, 1 o'clock, yeah, uh, Glendale. Staff and all yeah, and it's sure. great. It's a great time. But they used to have it in the morning. Can you imagine teeing off right now? Yeah, there was always a morning tournament, and it's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can tee off right now. I don't oh. mind playing the first few holes when it's cool, but uh, it is. I think it's... I mean, I'm outside right now. It's probably about six or seven degrees, but it's a beautiful morning. You probably went to the Glendale driving range yesterday, didn't you? Probably a quick yeah, practice no, round. Yeah, no, I did not. I did not. <laughs> practice is overrated, pal. Oh, really? Is it? Uh, not according to Lorianne <laughs> Munzer yesterday trying to fix my golf game. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh Medicals, fitness testing for the Oilers tomorrow, and it's a chance. I, I mean, everyone's the optimism is always uh, uh, running high. We've been kind of, I've been kind of asking you the same question. I mean, just finally, uh, nice to get things going here. Yeah, it's it's funny how uh, you know hockey season kind of it just how would I say guys show up two weeks before camp now. Uh, it's slowly it's coming, it's coming, and now we still have a month of camp or whatever it is. Uh, less than a month, but before the season yeah. starts, yeah. we certainly, you know what it does. It, it's a slow train coming, uh, and and let's face it, training camp in Edmonton. You know, I'm going to be there every day writing for Sportsnet.ca, and we're going to be talking about things. But it's not like there's a whole bunch of unanswered questions. It's not like there's more than a couple of spots that are open here. You know, and there's probably about five guys who aren't sure whether they get a chance to play in the NHL or not. Uh, everything else is pretty decided, and that's what happens when you have a good team, right? Gone are the days when, you know, you got some first overall pick who's 18, he's going to make your top six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that's not happening anymore. So the team's good, and camp will be less eventful because of it. But, uh, oh boy, when when the season starts, is it October 10 in Vancouver on Wednesday? Uh, we'll be ready for it, pal. I'm looking forward to it. Sportsnet's Mark Spector joins us every morning at eight o'clock for On the Mark. Did did you like it before when um, there was a longer training camp before preseason games? Because basically two three days here, and then the first uh, preseason game is Sunday. Yeah, and no, I didn't like it that okay. before. I like it this way because it's. I mean, it was necessary before when I started writing hockey around you know 1990. Guys weren't near as fit. There was question marks when the fitness testing was done, and there was always a guy that 
you hear about that wasn't so fit, and you'd go, man, that guy didn't do much this summer. Those days are totally yeah. gone. These guys don't need – I mean, first of all, they just had two weeks of captain skates. They don't need two, you know, ten days of cap before the first game. Heck, they're going to play eight preseason games. McDavid's probably going to get – I think he told me last year he likes to get – he likes three or four. Mm-hmm. That's all he wants. And I think all the veterans are the same. With an 82-game season going across the North America the way they do, do we really need to put these guys through seven or eight games yeah. each in the preseason? I think not. Um, going, let's go back like 25 years or so. Who do you think was the worst out-of-shape player that came to <laughs> camp back back in the day when then, you know, as you said, you sort of worked your way into it. I, I have one guy on the top of my head, and okay, I'm going to see it. Well, I'm going to see if you can match it, and I'll just I'll write it down right here so the Duke can see, so I don't uh, copy <laughs> yours. But if you have the same answer as me, and I'm going to post it to the Duke right now, and Duke's looking at it right now, and he, if you say the same, then we're on the same page. Well, I remember a big defenseman from Saskatchewan oh. named Brian Glynn. Oh, that's a friend of mine. <laughs> he was pretty doughy yeah. when Gaff opened, pal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know who else was never in great shape? Yeah. But a really good player yeah. was Boris Miranov. Hey, that's my guy. <laughs> he was never a king of physical fitness. What a good player. He yeah. Was that, good that's player. that's who I wrote down, Spec, to the Duke. I just said yeah. I wrote down Bo, and that was the one. Bo Miranov was a, not a noted uh, practitioner of physical fitness in the summer times. Uh, you know what? And it's kind of too bad. They, yeah. There's, I would say to you that that Bo could have got a hell of a career, uh, more of a career than he had. I'm here to tell you. Do you uh, yeah. And remember the story. You would have loved this one because you wrote about it a lot with a, in the late '90s with uh, in New York when uh, with Bo Miranov and and Kovalev. Uh, oh in, yeah, in New Kovalenko. York. Kovalenko. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and how? And the line was from Bo Miranov because Kovalenko didn't make the plane back to yeah. We Edmonton. were in L.A. It was down it was in New L.A. York. No, down in okay. L.A. They were they were uh, we would they would play and then and today they fly home after mm-hmm. the game. Uh, back then they slept there and they took an early flight commercial home. And uh, the boys went out and. <laughs> It was the end of a road trip, and there was really no curfew. Yeah. Everyone was allowed to do whatever they wanted. And when the trip ended in L.A., I'm here to tell you the boys went on and had a lot of fun, yeah. which is just fine. But you better be on that 7 a.m. bus or whatever it was. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Bo didn't make it, and uh, Kovalenko didn't make it. And uh, finally, Bo Miranov did show up right at the last second, and he said, they said, where were you? He says, I was out looking for Kobe. Yeah. That was the best line. It was in every was, paper, everywhere, you know, back in the was, day, wasn't it? He was out looking for Kobe. So as a reporter, I knew that they were flying, uh, I think, northwest back in those days. Okay. So we sent a shooter to get the five, like, instead of getting on the flight, from, they went L.A. Mini, Mini home. Okay. So I knew that Kovalenko would be flying northwest because that was his ticket. And the orders would just rebook him on the next flight. So we sent a photographer, Larry Wong, I believe, mm-hmm. down to the uh, out to the airport to wait for that five o'clock flight. And sure as heck, who came off with the reddest eyes you've ever seen? <laughs> Andre Kovalenko comes stumbling down that ramp, oh. <laughs> and our boys there to shoot him getting off the plane at five o'clock. It was. Uh, 
vintage uh, Russians in the NHL, pal. They like to have some fun. Boy, did they ever. And I, I remember interviewing Ronnie Lowe uh, at the airport, and you could just see the steam coming out of his ears, how mad he was. Yeah. Well, you know, Ronnie Lowe was a great guy to play yes. for because if, if, if you showed up and played, he didn't care much about what else you did. Like, he had a long leash. So when you went, when you surpassed the leash that Low Tide gave you, then you'd really screwed up. Mm-hmm. And the, you know what? Those guys took advantage of a relatively lenient coach and a great guy in Ron Lowe. Yeah. You know what, Kovalenko? There's another guy. He was a very good player, man. There was a ton of player there in Andre Kovalenko. But I don't think anyone ever accused him of being a great teammate. <laughs> Uh, Mark Spector is our guest every 8, eight o'clock every morning on the Kevin Carrier Show on Sports 1440. Uh, we're going to talk Oilers until we turn blue in the face uh, moving forward. I wanted to throw – I found this stat uh, yesterday, actually, and just regarding pitching in the major leagues. Uh, today, actually, it happened today. Denny McLean, who you remember, right? Yep. The old Detroit Tiger. Yep. This day in 1968, Denny McLean won his 31st game of the season. Oh, is that right, eh? And now – What's like? I mean, guys are half that. Yeah, I would say to you, my question to you would be, how many twenty-game winners do we think we'll have this year? None. You don't think there will be a twenty-game winner? I don't think so. I don't even know. I, I think the top guy is right now seventeen or something, sixteen, seventeen. I'd have to check on that. But I, I just, yeah. I've gone to the fact that it, it's just, it, it doesn't happen anymore. Um, well, they're not going to stretch the these guys days. out anywhere down the stretch anymore. No. So they're not going to take any chances. I mean, you see how many arm injuries we have and, and with the amount of spin rate they're putting on the ball. So I just don't think we're going to see it much anymore. Well, it's kind of funny. Like it's, it's what's worse, right? Is it pitching a guy, running them out for 35 starts and letting them go eight innings every time like they did in Daniel McLean's day? Mm-hmm. Is that harder on your arm? Or is it harder on your arm to have everybody – throwing 95 miles yeah. an hour and giving you sliders that we didn't even didn't even exist in the old days yeah, that's you know the my evidence i give you Kerry wood mm-hmm. uh one of the greatest pitchers of his time with one of the shortest careers like nobody had stuff like Kerry wood yeah and the reason nobody had it is because the human arm shouldn't throw a slider that goes that hard and breaks that sharply yeah. and sure as heck what happened to Kerry wood his arm gave out on him and he was done Mm-hmm. You know, all, there's a million examples or lots of examples of great young pitchers. Who was the kid with the Washington Nationals? The young guy. Steven that Strasburg. Thank you. Yep. You know what? The human arm isn't supposed to do what his arm was doing. Mm-hmm. And sure as heck, it, it broke down. So yep. Danny McLean pitched forever because his fastball was probably like 86. Yeah, and he, he wasn't putting the torque on the arm for sure. No, he wasn't. And he yep. Nolan Ryan was, I mean, he pitched hard. Yeah, but he was a bit of a freak. But anyway, that my point would be, we may be pitching our pitchers less today, but I'm not sure that they're going to end up with longer careers than the guys in the old days had. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, home run spec. Uh, thanks once again for this, and that's the <laughs> the wrong terminology, as you say. So uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you in a few hours here. Who knows? Maybe we're on the same team together. All right, sounds good. Look forward to seeing you. All right, that's uh, Mark Spector on the mark, powered by Booster Juice, energized by Booster Juice, fueled by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, we will hook up with our headliner of the day, Frank Saravelli from the Daily Faceoff. This is the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, Philadelphia freedom for Frank Saravelli. 
The Duke comes through again. Uh, text coming in to one 401 regarding our who are the top uh, born and raised, born and raised athletes in the uh, Edmonton area. Uh, Jelena Mergenovic was mentioned, but uh, born in Hay River. Uh, came here and was raised here. Uh, Rob Brown, very good one. Uh, St. Albert's, Rob Brown, 49 goals, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Jana, longtime happy listener, asked about Jerome McGinley. She missed a couple minutes of her show, but she can get it later on our podcast. Uh, not a Flames fan, but uh, got to respect uh, what he did. Um, all right, let's bring in our uh, headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Uh They are sports fans like all of our listeners and our Pumped Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrreuter.ca as we bring in uh, Frank Saravelli from Daily Faceoff. Uh, uh, Frank, welcome back to the show. First, uh, before we get to uh, how the game was with your son last week, how about, uh, is there a top Philadelphian, born and raised Philadelphian off the top of your head that would be one of the top, athletes in, in any sport anyone come to mind for you uh well johnny gaudreau would be one okay he's uh right across the river in new jersey but a, a philadelphian mike mm-hmm. trout same kind of yeah. thing uh off the top of my head that's those are the first couple names recent at least that come to mind rocky balboa I guess. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking <laughs> fictional, yes. Yeah, well, sometimes the way I think a lot of people think it wasn't fiction for, for Rocky. Anyway, um, I think the way Sylvester Stallone thinks it wasn't fiction. <laughs> you got that right. Pretty sure, sure that's his entire life. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, and he's made a lot of money off it as well. So, uh, okay, you went to the game last Thursday. Uh, Eagles and Vikings, the first game with your son. Uh, we want to hear all about it. What was the experience uh, like? Nine years old, you said, right? Yep, nine years old. Pretty awesome. Uh, he really enjoyed the tailgate scene. Like he was really trying to wrap his brain around how people bring RVs and have, you know, big screen TVs mm-hmm. and full fledged grills and refrigerators out in a parking lot. That was like blowing his mind. But honestly, kept it super simple. Uh, had a tray of wings. Uh, had a football catch, a few parking lot beverages, and uh, yeah, the environment just electric inside. So it was uh, it was a really cool experience. And and I was bugging him. I said, hey, you know, you only go to your first Eagles game. Can we can we get a picture? Like he's mm-hmm. reaching that age at nine where he's like, Dad, you're not cool. Yeah. And uh, I get it. So yeah, but he was able to oblige for the picture, and and that was good. Oh, that's great. Is it tough being an eight twenty kickoff? Like I mean, it's pretty late for young kids. Yeah, he'd normally be in bed by 9, yeah. so, you know, 10, 30, 11, as the game was heading into the fourth quarter, you know, he was uh, he was stretching a little bit. Did he have a, a special um, um, moment, part of the game, where he's kind of been talking about the last few days? Uh, yeah, he really liked uh, the Eagles had a long, like, 56-yard reception, and also right at halftime, they had a, they kicked a 61-yard field goal as time was expiring. So mm-hmm. both those things he's been talking about a bit. Our daily headliner uh, from Mr. Reuters, Frank Cervelli. Um, so, Frank, uh, the last week the big story has been um, Mike Babcock in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, did, did you, when you saw the comments yesterday by Yarmo Kekalainen and John Davidson, what did you think of them? Uh, I, I wasn't totally happy with how they were, the transparency, especially. Um, I thought Davidson spoke a little bit better than Kekalainen, mm-hmm. but what was your take on everything? Yeah, probably not a surprise. John Davidson was a broadcaster for a couple decades, so definitely not uh, a stranger to a microphone and, and trying to hit the right notes. But for me, too little, too late. Uh, first off, you guys are the group that hired Mike Babcock with these red flags that existed. 
and you knew what you were getting yourself into. Um, part of that, I think, is a suave sell job by Mike Babcock that he had changed, and they bit it uh, mm-hmm. hook, line, and sinker. And I think my big issue with the whole thing is really the way that it was presented after the fact. You know, you can say whatever you want on Monday in your press conference after you get slapped around a little bit by your owner and he has to issue a statement essentially backing your employment uh, in a half-hearted way, by the way, saying at this time, leaving the door open, that changes might be coming eventually in Columbus Blue Jackets hockey ops. But for me, their statements on Sunday said everything. At no point was there an apology, an acknowledgement from Mike Babcock or Yarmo Kekalainen that what happened was wrong. And more than that, no strongly worded statement from Yarmo Kekalainen saying that behavior like that will not be tolerated within this organization. Instead, we got Yarmo Kekalainen thanking Mike Babcock for his hard work and professionalism throughout the process. Professionalism? Yeah. If he had any, he'd still be employed. Right. So... Uh, you know, and then you allow Mike Babcock to say whatever he wants to say. I'm sorry. Like you let every player around the league know what you think of players when you speak like that. And I think that's the most disappointing thing is that after 10 mediocre seasons, the third longest tenured GM in the league skates on by in a year that he had to get this higher right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of Kekalainen saying that he participated in this phone experiment exercise with Babcock. So he knew about it way before everyone else did. I think it's BS because here's the thing. Jason Greger explained this perfectly yesterday on our DFO rundown pod. He called Mike Babcock a wolf in sheep's clothing. So the way that that same exercise would have been portrayed to Yarmo Kekalainen uh, who is is Mike Babcock's boss or some of the veteran players who have been around the league a long time uh, is is a lot different than the power trip that that Mike Babcock used and changed the power dynamic with 18, 19, 20-year-old players. I'm told some of the youngest players on the Blue Jackets organization, it was hand over your phone and sit there in awkward silence for four or five minutes while Mike mm-hmm. Babcock scrolls through your entire camera roll. That's just offside. Mm-hmm. Um, others might give pushback, but 18, 19, and 20-year-olds aren't. And certainly not to someone with a resume that Mike Babcock has, Olympic gold medal, Stanley Cup champion. It's disappointing to see that someone would try and act that way. I don't know what you're looking for, what you're trying to find, what you think those photos might tell you, but in any employment, in any walk of life, in any respectable workplace – if I walked in, Kevin, and said, let me see your phone, like, you, you tell me to go fly a kite. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, but that person would probably be fired. So, you know, I think ultimately they got to the right thing, but it certainly wasn't without um, a combative approach by the Blue Jackets along the way, who I'm told at the beginning of this process, obviously publicly, but privately, tried to defend Mike Babcock to the end um, and, and wanted to wanted to keep him employed. Do you think that uh, Boone Jenner, Johnny Gaudreau were told to say this at the time, like a week ago, to be on, you know, on Babcock's side? No, I, I think part of it is, like, like I was saying, that the way Mike Babcock treated others who might, you know, have a voice and might not be afraid to use it is different than he treated the young guys 
which I think is is part of why this is so screwed up. Um, so I do think that for them, it wasn't very nefarious. It was odd. It was weird, but um, it was probably a little bit more subdued than it was for others. And that's disappointing. But I think these guys are in a really unenviable position, not just Pascal Vincent, the guy that has to come in, uh, who was passed over for the job this summer and Mm -hmm. needs to come in and mop this up, but also for the guys that have to answer questions for it. And for Boone Jenner, who even if he was angry at the way that it unfolded with him or didn't like it, as the guy that's the captain of the organization, you've got your new head coach, your GM and your team president all leaning on you to put your name on a statement and say that this was acceptable and that it was a gross mischaracterization. That's a really tough place to be in uh, for any person leading a team. Uh, Frank Cervelli is our guest uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from the Daily Faceoff, our headliner of the day. So how short of a leash, especially uh, Jarmo Kekalainen, how short of a leash does he have? I mean, for me, the leash should have been yanked and he should be out of a job. Um, Like I said, it's not just this hiring that blew up in his face. It's 10 seasons of mediocre hockey. You've got one playoff series win. You've got five playoff appearances. So you made it as many times as you missed. And yes, a step forward for the Columbus Blue Jackets organization from where they were previously, but still sort of meandering in the wilderness here have never been a threat to be a true contending team. No one's ever looked at them as a team that could really authentically win. And more than that, they're coming off of a 59 point season. I mean, that's rock bottom. It's 12 points fewer than they had in their first inaugural expansion season in 2000. It's hard to have a season that bad. Oh, by the way, after Yarmo Kekalainen spent $84 million last summer on Gaudreau and Eric Goodbranson. So for me, um, this if you didn't make the coaching change after the way last season was handled and you give your guy one more year to get it right and one critical coaching hire, and this is how it unfolds, I'm sorry. To me, um, needs to happen. What do we know about Pascal Vincent? Again, he's sort of the guy that's coming in to clean up this mess inside the locker room. Anyway, um, I think we know a little bit about him up here. He he was a head coach in Manitoba for a couple of years. But what is – Around the league, what kind of vibe, uh, what kind of coach do you think that is going in to try to put these fires out in Columbus? He's a really impressive guy and a guy that was knocking on the door the last handful of years um, to be a head coach somewhere else. He comes after 11 seasons in the Jets organization, including a a long stint as AHL head coach. Mm -hmm. He came into Columbus when Brad Larson was hired as the associate head coach So an elevated position on the NHL bench and then stuck around, obviously, as they transitioned from Larson to Babcock. So familiar with the Columbus players, which I think is important. He comes in having a relationship, but it is awkward in the sense that, like I said, he could have been up for this position. If he was the right guy or the Blue Jackets felt like he was the right guy, then he should have been hired for the position ahead of Babcock to begin with. So it is a bit awkward, but someone that is really well-respected and known as a, as a tactician that has spent a lifetime in this game, mostly as a head coach. 
Uh, spent a long time in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League as a head coach before transitioning out to Manitoba. Um, someone that is really well respected and was thought of as a next head coach at some point. Uh, but this is an unfortunate way to take over. I don't know if you can answer this. Why do you think um, GMs, presidents of hockey ops continue uh, and maybe this is the end of it with Mike Babcock, but continued to kind of go to the old well to try to find the guy to maybe resurrect their team, to take it to a level that it hasn't been, instead of going the Pascal Vincent route. Why does why has this happened more times than probably not? And maybe is this the last of it? Well, I doubt this is the last of it. And I think it's a really important distinction to make to separate the two sort of, you know, things that you're mentioning. Like on the one hand, I think you're talking about experienced head coaches who continue to get jobs because they win. And then you're also talking about head coaches that have baggage and have been, you know, accused of inappropriate treatment of players previously, which sort of put Babcock and some other guys that have had some off ice issues in a different camp for me. So when I look at this situation and I look at Columbus and for all the reasons we just talked about with Jarmo Kekalainen, this was a hire that he had to get right because the team needed to, to turn around. This needed to be a big bounce back season off of a 59 point campaign. So when you're, you're down to your last straw as, as GM and you know that it's get it right or gone, you want to try and put your faith and your trust in someone who has one Olympic gold and also a Stanley Cup and has a, a track record. Mike Babcock, before all of this, you know, sort of came to light in the last week, probably a guy that is on a Hall of Fame trajectory or track. I mean, mm. the hardware is one thing. Being a precedent-setting coach, a $50 million contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs, like this is a big, big deal. So because of the way things unfolded in Toronto, he can only really go to Columbus that's going to give him his next shot. And he could only get a two-year deal, which is sort of unprecedented for a new coaching hire uh, in a new place, which goes to show you the work that Mike Babcock had to do and didn't do. But when you consider some of the other guys that were out there, I'm always advocating, is there not someone better? Is there not a new up-and-comer out there? I just had this same conversation with Bill Peters going to Lethbridge. Yeah. Is there not some up-and-coming coach somewhere that should get an opportunity over a guy that still refuses to put in the work and change? Um, I think the answer is yes, but still, if you want to go the more traditional route, and if you're Columbus, Kevin, and you say, I want to hire Peter Laviolette, Stanley Cup winner, taking three different franchises to the Stanley Cup final, I'm not going to fault you for that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you also have two-time AHL coach Mitch, of, Mitch Love, who is out there, AHL coach of the year. Like, these guys deserve opportunities at a certain point who how do you find the next john cooper the next whoever it might be you have to trust and promote and get these young guys moving in the next direction and they need a chance uh, chris knobloch how about there's another name yep it's a great one um, and he uh, tremendous job in the in the rangers organization remember mm -hmm. when he came up yep. when david quinn was the coach and they blew out their opposition i think it was the flyers uh people were saying hire this guy immediately 
I thought he was going to be coming here as an assistant somehow, you know, years ago. But you know, every, everything's set with the staff here. But this was a, a while back. This is before mm-hmm. even even uh, Jay came in here. I thought Chris Knobloch was somehow going to surface here. Uh, hey Frank, what's uh, what's just a quick one in the next few days uh, with training camp starting? Like, what's your kind of schedule? What are you doing here in the next little bit? Yeah, checking in with a lot of different um, managers, agents, people around the league. I think everyone's curious to see some of these last remaining RFAs that are still lingering out there. Trevor Zegras, Shane Pinto. It seems like the Ottawa Senators have to move Pinto, and there was some increased dialogue in the last 24 hours. Uh, things like that, and then we're going to be watching some camp battles. Uh, what happens with uh, with some of these guys lower down in the depth chart, mm-hmm. especially guys that are waiver-eligible uh, Raphael Lavoie, for instance, those are guys that I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. That's going to be a big story here as camp breaks tomorrow. Hey, Frank, thanks for this. Uh, appreciate your time. Enjoy the next couple of days. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Sounds good, Kevin. Have a good one. All right. That's uh, Frank Saravelli, our headliner of the day, brought to you by... Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call them Mr. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrrooter.ca. Uh, a couple of tips here. We just wanted to mention one tip today. Make sure you take care of your outdoor faucets and hoses. It's a massive thing at this time of the year. Disconnect them. Drain them. Turn off the outdoor faucets. Install the frost-free hose bibs to prevent freezing, if you can do that. And then all those attachments, throw them in your basement. Don't leave them out in the garage and have just a tiny little bit of water freeze and then it's no good. A uh, lot of texts coming in either regarding Mike Babcock, regarding local athletes born and raised here. We'll get to those when we come back after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Yeah. Ah, old uh, Garth Brooks banner, Rogers. Was it eight or nine shows sold out? Can't even remember what that, I think it's eight or nine on that big banner a lot of people weren't happy that that banner went up at rogers duke do you like it up there i mean in terms of the banner itself it's like who cares if it's there or not (laughs) well you you don't have to look at it i mean i I understand the frustration it's up there besides obviously oilers legends but (laughs) what what actual impact does it have on your day-to-day life if it's up there or not you know people get a little bit too worked up about things that don't matter (laughs) Oh, yeah, a little. It's all the time. Um, I remember Bobby Nix. Bob Nicholson went on the stage and presented him that banner. And all I was thinking was like, Bobby Nix is going down. He's hanging out in Nashville with Garth Brooks now, Trisha Yearwood. The Bobby Nix Burgers is going to be on the Trisha Yearwood cooking show. You know, Bobby Nix is going to be behind the counter in the Yearwood house there in the kitchen. She had that show on the on the Food Network. Garth's have, hanging out with Bobby Nix at the at Tootsie's in Nashville. That's what I think that's all about. We don't know a lot about the, the, the secret and private lifestyle of Bobby Nix, Bob Nicholson, but I'm betting any money. And, of course, I'm joking. Come on. Um, but if you want to sit down and have a, have a beer or a wine, Bob Nicholson's got a lot of stories and, and interesting things that have happened to him. Over the years, uh, we'll probably see him today, hopefully, maybe. Um, 8.45, text coming in. Team Dean, I still don't get the horrible behavior that took place. Yeah, maybe Babcock is out of touch with today's snowflake athlete. But asking to see pictures of what you're interested in is an in on your phone. Uh, you can say no. If you're that worried about the pics on your phone, just say no. 
Babcock is too old school and out of touch, yes, but it was a witch hunt from the word go. Team Dean, okay. Again, if you're a young player, and let's use let's use Adam Fantilli, for example. Um, and we, we were talking about him yesterday. Um, so Fantilli's drafted third overall, second over, third overall to Columbus. Comes in. His first meeting is with a guy that is saying, let me see your phone. Let's have a look at what you did on your summer vacation. Well, I think it's a little different than a guy that's 30 years old and has kids and showing up this and that and everything like that. So I can't really agree with you, Team Dean. Sorry. Um, what if that, what if your employer grabbed your phone, just like Frank Cerebelli said, what if your employer grabbed your phone and said, I want to see what you did? Let's see. Check it out. Uh, uh, Freezer Bag says, uh, no second chances. Uh, why do you hire an experienced winner? Um, I'm pretty sure Mike Babcock didn't lose a dime in his exit from Columbus. He's not hurting us. Well, he was still making $5 million a year from Toronto for several years up until now. And then he went to Saskatchewan, coached at U of S for nothing, uh, but did get his kid on the team uh, as an associate coach as well. Uh, was one of the stipulations. Uh, back to athletes born and raised in Edmonton. This one comes from Pillman. Perry Pern. Uh, I had him as a coach during a Nate Summer hockey school. I think he uh, was an assistant on an NHL team. Uh, he was an assistant for many, many years in the NHL. Perry Pern, that's what you call a life coach uh, uh, as an assistant. Ottawa for many years, the Rangers, uh, Montreal, Vancouver, Winnipeg. You've heard about the Perry Pern three-on-three. Um, back in the day, Perry Pern was coach of the... Nate Ooks in the 80s. And now, um, I mean, back then, the Nate Ooks were just as good, just as good, and maybe at times better than Canada West hockey teams. That's how good the Nate Ooks were in the, you know, 85 to 89 area um, because they, they they were drawing the players in. The guys that didn't want to go to university didn't, uh, weren't able to go to university for grades wise or wanted to be, you know, be a plumber, be whatever, and, and wanted to take a trade at Nate. So uh, kind of a, a cool story with Perry Pern. Uh, and there's another guy. We'll have to get Perry on. I mean, there's, you know, you, you talk to guys like Perry Pern, uh, Billy Moores, the hockey knowledge with these guys. It's just, it's, you can go on and on. All you got to do is ask one question. And then what you got to do is shut up and listen for whatever. Um This one comes from Rockford. Uh, Gregor alluded to Edmonton possibly signing a depth guy at league minimum before the season starts. Any chance that Phil Kessel gets consideration? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, hard to say. I I, I think that the roster's kind of set right now going into camp, which starts tomorrow. Um, Imitation Tom. The texter just doesn't get it. That was the last one that came in. Uh, What if they had intimate pictures or maybe they are... Maybe they're gay and haven't come out. Now Babcock is forcing them to show that side of themselves, not to mention Babcock has a history of treating young players poorly. So if you say no, does that mean you lose ice time? It's a power dynamic that didn't allow no as an answer, even if it was supposed to be an option. That comes from imitation, Tom. I don't get this one from uh, RBS. Did you get that? Whoa, whoa. Don't bring that chat out yet, KK. It's only September 19th. Uh, Don't speed up the process, LOL. 
I think uh, RBS is referring to your couple of plumbing tips, courtesy of our friends oh. at Mr. Rooter there, about uh, <laughs> maybe some freezing temperatures overnight around the corner here. <laughs> RBS is uh, oh, trying to keep okay. the bad juju away and keep the weather oh, as, as okay, kind I as get possible. It well, but it's true. You know, you how many times do you go and you're thinking, oh, I forgot to take the hose off or whatever? Better safe than sorry yeah. when it comes to preparation, whether it be like winterizing your trailer or all these uh, great tips that Mr. Rooter has, uh, has thrown our way as a favor yeah. to, to give out to the listeners. I've so. got to uh, winterize the Popemobile, our little uh, camper van. Uh, it's. Have you ever done that, anything? Do you, you don't have to do anything like that on the farm, winterize anything, really? Uh, yeah, some like Couple. sprayers. The yeah. sprayers, you got to winterize sprayers. And I mean, hey, some people are fortunate enough that they get to park all their equipment in an enclosed uh, heated shop. Uh, over the course of the winter, we we have a shop that's not heated. It uh, got a roof on and stuff, but the um, things like the sprayer and stuff, you got to make sure because same thing. Better safe than sorry than have a bunch of uh, valves crack or, or lines break and stuff. So so what do you um, pump a little and, and, antifreeze? And, and, and then just antifreeze yeah. through um, through lines, and then even like your um, your regular everyday tractors and stuff, uh, you want to make sure your your antifreeze is topped up uh, in your in your rads and stuff as well. Hmm. Um, and that's it. So just the sprayer, nothing else. As far as equipment uh, uh, goes? winterizing, yes, yeah, just oh. antifreeze and everything's oh. uh, and everything's rad. Hmm. Well, maybe I might get you over to help with the uh, the Popemobile, the Duke of Delburn winterization tips, and maybe who knows, you might be starting up at Mister Rooter too, doing some stuff at Mister Rooter. Hey, I'll uh, I'll take it anywhere <laughs> I can get it. I'm not I'm not nearly busy enough here. So. <laughs> oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, let me tell you, between the uh, Connor Halley the former Ross Shep T-Bird. And uh, the Duke of Dalburn. These guys have been working pretty hard behind the scenes uh, for, for you. And, hey, you know what we should mention, too? And we forgot to do this off the top, and uh, we announced it yesterday. It's great news for our station, uh, Sports 1440. Uh, we will be going to almost, I guess it would be 21 hours a day of sports programming. Very excited about that. So we'll be bringing in the Fox feed starting at 9 p.m. That'll run all night. Fox programming all the way up to our show at 7 o'clock, right, Duke? And then um, on the weekends as well. So I think it's exciting for weekend listening too because there's so much going on. Again, Fox has such a presence in the NFL. We'll be getting, uh, and I'm sure what it'll help too, all our Fox guests will be coming on as far as trying to get guys with insight uh, from Fox. Um, A lot of people ask about the 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. time slot. Uh, We get... Uh, a lot of texts about that. So that is basically a sole program that came from, um, you know, 1440 before. So uh, that program is contracted for a, a set amount of time. So we'll see, we'll cross that bridge once that once that expires. But really exciting. And, and I think uh, Edmonton sports fans are just, I mean, this is a great time in the sense where Four months ago, you had the, you know, you fell for the banana in the tailpipe. You know, it had, you, you, you know, you got the whole thing pulled from you on 1260. Now we brought it back here at 1440, uh, and we're almost 24 hours a day of sports uh, programming. Uh, text coming in. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know, it's, no, it's a different guy. I've never forgotten to deal with the hose. Kevin is projecting his failures. Well, you know what? I got, I'll tell you, here's another thing. Two of my nephews are plumbers. One of my best friends, Howie Thompson, retired plumber. His son, Kyle Thompson, plumber. There's no shortage of plumbing 
in, you know, that I have, I have access to all this. Uh, here's a funny story with Howie Thompson, the plumber. I phoned him one time because I was put, taking a toilet off and I was putting, you know, that wax seal, Duke, you know, you got to put that wax seal. So I, was tell, I phoned Howie and I said, this is a long time ago, probably about 20 years ago. I said, Howie, uh, this wax seal, I got it. How do I take this out? Da, 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 da. And he goes, ho, 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 slow down. You're making 75 bucks an hour right now. <laughs> so... That was the fl- the plumbing story, and, and we're going to get into Mr. Rooter tips uh, as we go forward in the week. Um, all right, uh, before we hit the top of the hour and our uh, co-host on Tuesdays, Grant Fear, the Hall of Famer, he'll join us from 9 to 11. Uh, time now for a sports update brought to you by Cattail Crossing. Enjoy half-price golf Monday to Thursday. Elevate your game without emptying your wallet. Book your tee time today, cattailcrossing.ca. Here's the Duke.